So we were thinking um, last week about that verse in Romans that sums up everything that the Bible teaches, or at least attempts to, uh, about the gospel. Remember we said the gospel was good news, it was the good news about Jesus, and if we read the stories of Jesus, the overwhelming focus of those stories is not the life of Jesus, although that's important, but it, it goes very quickly to his death. Good news found in the death, the cross of Jesus. And we ended last week by saying that this good news is for everyone. And that's where we begin today. Good news for everyone. All kinds of verses in the Bible, and some of them might come to mind, talk about the fact that when Jesus died, he died for all of us. Whether we're rich or poor, happy or sad, whether we live in Ipswich or Timbuktu, whether we live in 2014 or in 20 or in 2014, well, whenever, whoever, wherever, when God came to earth and his son died, it was for everyone. I'm not ashamed. I'm going to boast in the gospel because it's the power of God for everyone who believes. And so there is a tension in the truth that whilst Christ died for everyone, whilst his coming was for the whole earth, for God so loved the whole world that he gave, not everyone will benefit. Not everyone will share in, will be the recipients of what Christ did. Everyone who believes. So what does it mean to believe? What did the Bible mean? What does the Bible mean when it talks about our need to believe? If you asked most people walking through town today, do you believe in God or do you believe in Jesus? Probably, even today, more than 50% of people would say yes. But what do they mean by that? And what do we mean when we talk about our need to believe in Jesus. The key to understanding what the Bible says about believing is the word trust. Is the word trust. When the Bible talks about believing, it's not so much believing that something exists, but more the sentiment, I'm putting my belief in that thing or that person. I'm putting my trust in that thing or that person. There is, attached to England, a most beautiful country. (laughs) Scotland, so funny. You don't have to pay to get into Scotland. So that that says it all, really. But if you're travelling to Wales, we know that we're nearly there because we have to pay to go across the Severn Bridge. It's about seven, eight quid now. Cheap as chips for what you get the other side. It's quite remarkable. (laughs) Disneyland, hundred odd quid for a ticket. Seven quid gets you into paradise. And, and there is this, there, there is this massive bridge that to help you understand it, it's like, no offense, the Orwell Bridge, but way better. 
bigger, longer, more impressive, all the rest of it. And we know that when we get to the bridge, we're nearly there. And someone on the other side is going to go, all right, but, and you've entered into a completely different world that's uh, in a parallel universe. Now, as you approach, usually late at night, otherwise the M4 is a car park, so usually late at night, you can see the bridge lit up in the distance. And there's usually no doubt in your mind that the bridge exists. It's there you can see it. In that sense, you might say, I believe in the bridge, I believe that it exists. But what if as I got closer... I could see the swirl of the River Severn underneath. I could see its tidal movements and I could see the way the wind and the rain lashes around and think, I'm not sure this bridge will get me to the other side. I'm not going to go. Not only would I have missed something quite extraordinary, the other side, but I would have said something about the bridge I would have shown that in the end, I don't really believe in the bridge. I don't believe it can do what it's there to do. It might exist, but I'm not prepared to put my trust in it. Many people believe in Jesus. Many people believe, in fact, almost every historian believes that Jesus existed. Every historian almost would believe that Jesus died a cruel and agonizing death on a cross. So the whole world almost believes that Jesus existed and that he died. But there's a world of difference between believing that that happened to actually putting my trust in that. That when Jesus died on the cross, it was for me. It was to rescue me. It was to deal with what was wrong in me. And I'm putting my trust in Jesus and in his death and resurrection to take me from one side to the other. A world of difference from saying, I believe he existed, to putting my trust in what he actually did. Have you put your trust in the death and resurrection of Jesus as, in the end, the only way to get yourself sorted with God? We're in a bit of a pickle with God because no one's perfect. And and you didn't come here this morning for someone to tell you that. We all wake up each day incredibly aware of the things that are not right in our lives. And the Bible is an invitation to everyone to believe, to put our trust in the death of Jesus and his resurrection, to put right in our lives what we cannot fix ourselves. So if you've never been to Wales, which is really what this is all about, (laughs) then you need to consider that next year. When you head towards the Severn Bridge, make sure you've got a stack of money. And as you travel across, remember there is a bridge that really does take you from where you are into a place that's better than a parallel universe. You alone can rescue. You alone can save. I'm going to invite you as we sing this to bring to God your life. It's the same as last week. His death, his resurrection. 
And we're going to spend a moment to pray. We're going to pray for people that we know and love. Then I've got a couple more uh, things to say as we bring this verse and these two Sundays to a conclusion before we move out on into the week uh, ahead. You alone can rescue. You alone can save. As we bring this whole thing to an end, everyone who believes salvation. What does, what does salvation mean? It's the word rescue. It's the word uh, for healing. It's the word for, being, for things being put right. It's the word for things being restored. And in that passage that Chris read to us, there is a sense in which God's rescue of our lives covers our past, our present, and our future. There are things in your past that you feel guilty and shamed and wish had never happened. And that's true for me too. It's true for all of us. There isn't anybody who doesn't recognize a mistake, a failure, a lack, a, 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 a hurt, whatever it might be. And the, the wonder of God's salvation is that he rescues us from all of those things in the past, boldly, what was that verse in that song um, that, that Andrew taught us earlier on about boldly going to the throne because the sin has been left behind. My past, I can leave behind. And there's no one on the planet who isn't interested in the ability to be able to leave some things behind. Salvation, rescue for everyone who puts their trust in Jesus. There are things we can leave behind. Uh, And then salvation, a rescue in the present. I would naturally be selfish. What about you? I never. (laughs) I would naturally, in my human fallen sinful state, naturally, instinctively think first about myself. Is that a good way to live? Of course not. Is that a helpful way to live? No, of course not. I need to be rescued from things that I would naturally do. The, the cravings, that uh, verse says in Ephesians, uh, the cravings of our sinful, our, our wrong nature. God's rescue of me is that I can be changed. And that's a relief to you, I know. I don't... <laughs> David laughed a bit too loud then. <laughs> See me afterwards. Oh, it was a Phil, was it? A Phil, was it? <laughs> um, so there are things that are different for me today from yesterday and will be different tomorrow because God rescues me, he saves me in the present. Good news? That's good news in our homes, isn't it? That's good news in our marriages. That's good news in our workplaces. And then finally, there is the sense of being rescued forever when we truly cross over the bridge, when we leave this temporal world and enter into a kingdom that will never fade or spoil. When we leave the pain, the sadness, the grief, the loss of what we know, and enter into a new heaven and a new earth, when we will be completely saved, rescued. Good news in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, for all who put their trust in him, that's what's on offer. To mop up your past, to make sense of your present, and to give you a certainty about the future. And that's what Paul was trying to say in that whole letter to the Romans that he summed up in that verse at the beginning. I'm going to boast in this 
Because everybody needs to understand this. This is life-changing for each person and therefore for the whole world. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for the salvation, the rescue of everyone who believes, who puts their trust in Jesus Christ. We're going to celebrate that as we come to the end of our time together. Do join us for tea and coffee and whatever served out in the the lounge at the back. And uh, bless you as you go on into the week. Let's stand together.